Welcome to Word Mission Church International Podcast. Now the Word with Paul Mensa Wood. Welcome everyone to today's service, uh, both our online audience and television audience. You're welcome. Let's pray. Let's worship Him. Worship the Lord. Give Him all the praise and the glory. Thank God for His mercy, His goodness, and His kindness. Lift up your voice wherever you may be and give Him all the praise. Give Him all the glory. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, there is none like our God. There is none that we can compare with Him. From everlasting to everlasting, He is the same. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lift up your voice. God has been good to us, bringing us this far this year. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, lift up your voice and give him all the praise. Lift up your voice and give him all the glory. In the name of Jesus, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Father, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for your mighty Holy Spirit that you sent to indwell us. Lord, we commit this morning's service into your hands, Lord, as we gather, we pray. Talk to the Lord and say, Lord, even as your word comes forth, help me to be a doer of the word of God. Help me, O God, to walk in the light of your word, receiving the benefits thereof. In the name of Jesus, lift up your voice. Father, we thank you. Father, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy, for your goodness, for your kindness in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. I pray in the name of Jesus, the Lord, my God, my God, my God, let the yokes be destroyed. Let the sick be healed. Let the oppressed go free and empower us in our service and our stewardship, Lord. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Trust everyone is doing well. We had a blessed week um, with the Indian pastors and leaders. It was such an awesome and a blessed time. And thank you for praying into it and also for giving into it as well. And very soon, actually, by the grace of God, if all goes well, we'll have an actual brunch in India. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And let's also continue to pray uh, for Israel and heading families around the world in Maine and other places. There's a lot of hurt in the world, but Jesus Christ is the answer. Amen. And then also today is exactly 18 years that Pastor Paula and I got married. Amen. Thank God for such a, such a blessing that she is to me. She's been a great blessing and a big help as well. Somebody said, what are you going to do? Uh, we will do something fun. Amen. <laughs> we thank God for his mercy and his goodness. Somebody said, Pastor came with an anointing this morning. Amen. God is good. God has been good to us. And we thank God for how far he's brought us and where he is taking us by the grace of God. Amen. All right, let's get into our Bible lesson this morning. Let's turn our Bibles. In this season, we've been studying about our authority in Christ, who God has made us to be. And the more that we know about it and the more that we walk in the light of it, the more our lives are transformed in Jesus' name. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 
verse 4. 2 Corinthians 10, 4. He says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. We have weapons in Christ. We have weapons that are mighty through God. So let's put that together with Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14. He says, Stand therefore, having gathered your waist with truth. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Let's actually go, 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 go uh, uh, a step backwards from verse 10. Ephesians 6, verse 10. He says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Notice how many times you say stand, we stand several times. He says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Notice, notice this, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. You see that word again. In the evil day, and having done all to stand, Stand therefore, having gathered your waist, we should stand, we stand. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shot your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Amen. Thank God for the reading of his word. So we have weapons in God. But having weapons is one thing. Using the weapons is another thing. And, and, and so we have an enemy to deal with, but thank God he's given us weapons to effectively deal with him. There's this illustration in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Follow this very closely. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 38. This was when David got to the battlefield and he realized that Goliath was screaming and shouting and nobody was doing anything about it. When he got there, the Bible says, 1 Samuel 17, verse 38, So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put on a, breast helmet, a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand. Notice, he took on the armor that he had. And he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. And put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had. And his sling what is in his hand. He drew near to the Philistines. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. 
and the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. Notice that eventually Goliath came down. I don't know the giants or the difficulty that you are faced with, but you see, you have to take that armor. He says we have weapons. I mean, five smooth stones and a, and a sling and in the natural is it's, it's nothing. It's not enough to bring down a giant. But the Bible says that the weapons that we have are mighty through God. As he began to take that what he had and act on it, the giant that was before him, the giant that was before the, before the nation came down. We have armor in Christ. We have something that God has given us to defeat the enemy. But till we take that and begin to use it, it's of no use. But in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus as you take on that armor and as you begin to exercise your authority in Christ, in the name of Jesus, every giant that is before you, that which has been impossible in times past, in the mighty name of Jesus, I see them coming down. Thank you, Lord Jesus, my Lord and my God. Glory be to the name of the Lord. So let's go back to our text. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, he says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So what is a stronghold? Usually, we talk about this in the past. The stronghold is are usually in our minds. And the enemy comes to build a stronghold. And this enemy is very persistent. He will keep coming and coming and coming and coming till he establishes that stronghold. One of the meaning of the word, the word devil means diabolos, one who repeatedly, repeatedly strikes until successfully penetrating an object to ruin it, affect it, or take it captive, to slander, accuse, or defame, to penetrate by continuous assault, to ensnare with a net. So he's a very persistent fellow. He will keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. And God is like that. He tries to imitate the, good, the, the, the part that God is. God will try to keep coming to us. He wants to have fellowship with us. He wants to be engaged in our lives. The enemy is also like that. He will also keep coming and keep coming and keep coming till he establishes his strongholds in our mind. So you believe that lie. Sometimes you believe that things will not change. Your family will not change. Your finances will not change. Things about your life will not change. Ah, he will keep coming till he builds that stronghold in your mind. Until you give in. But in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, you will not give in in Jesus' mighty name. You will not throw in the towel in the name of Jesus. Notice this account in 1 Kings. Actually, we're talking up in speaking up even before we get there, in speaking about the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. The enemy came to him, and when he came to him, he was able to defeat him. And when he defeated him, the Bible makes the statement. Luke chapter 4, verse 13. Luke chapter 4, verse 13. He says that now when the devil had ended every temptation 
he departed from him until an opportune time. The, the, the classic King James says that he departed from him for a season. So he's going to keep coming back. But thank God Jesus Christ defeated him in his life and in his death and his resurrection. And in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, you will also gain command and victory over him in Jesus' mighty name. Notice this account. Mark these verses. Don't let them get away from you. First Kings chapter 20. First Kings chapter 20. He says that, And Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, is, is gathered all his hosts together, and there were 30 and two kings with him, and horses, and chariots, and he went up and besieged Samaria and warred against it. And he sent messengers to Ahab, king of Israel, into the city and said to him, Thus said Ben-Hadad, Thy silver, your silver, and your gold is mine. Notice. He says, Your loveliest wives and children are mine. And the king of Israel answered and said, My lord, O king, just as you say, I and all that I have is yours. Then the messengers came back and said, Thus speaks Ben-Hadah, saying, Indeed, I have sent to you, saying, You shall deliver to me your silver and your gold, your wives and your children. So it comes to me, look, deliver me to me your wives and your children. That's how sometimes it happens. Deliver to me what belongs to you. Your health, your wife, your children, your grandchildren, your finances, gold. Notice his response, verse 5. He says, but I will send my servant to you tomorrow about this time, and they shall search all your house and the houses of your servants, and it shall be that whatever is pleasant in your eyes, they will put it in their hands and take it. So the king of Israel called the, all the elders on the land and said, notice, please, and see how this man seeks trouble. For he has sent to me for my wives, my children, my silver, and my gold, and I did not deny him. And all the elders and all the people said, noted to him, do not listen. Mark this phrase. Do not listen or consent. This is a key to defeating the enemy. Do not listen or consent. Therefore he said to the messengers of Benhana, Tell my Lord the king, all that you sent for to your servant the first time I will do. But this thing, but this thing, but this thing, I cannot do. But this thing, I cannot do. And the messenger departed and brought back word to him. He kept coming. First he said, I'm going to give you this. He said, it's not, not enough. I'm going to come for more. He said, enough is enough. This thing I cannot do. You must get to the place where you say in the name of Jesus, this thing I cannot do. I am not going to see this area of my life to the enemy. I am not going to cede my mind to the enemy. I am not going to let the enemy have my marriage. I am not going to let the enemy have my children. I am not going to let the enemy have my health. I am not going to let the enemy have my finances. He said that these things are yours, but I am coming for them. They said, this thing I cannot do. I am not going to consent to the enemy. 
I am not going to give in to you. Enough is enough. I am going to stand my ground. Oh my God. So in Ephesians, it says, stand your ground. This thing I cannot do. That is what it takes to overcome temptation. That is what it takes to overcome the enemy. That is what it takes to stand, to, to be able to walk in victory. The weapons are yours. But it's of no use till you rise up and begin to use those weapons. I will not consent. This thing I cannot do. Enough is enough. Till you get to that place, he will continue to take advantage of you. He will continue to take advantage of your family. He will keep striking and striking and striking. But thank God in the name of Jesus, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God to pull down his stronghold. My mind is my mind. I will not let you build a stronghold in it. No, 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 no. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So let's quickly, very quickly, look at seven phases by which the enemy builds a stronghold in our mind. Because the truth of the matter is whoever controls your mind also controls your emotions. And whoever controls your emotions, that begins to affect your self-image and that's what you project to others. And he will manipulate you in any direction that, that he desires. Your mind is the control center of your life. That's why Jesus wants to be the Lord of your mind. And he urges us to renew our minds with his way. A mind that is swept and clean, yet absent of God's truth, is highly vulnerable to the enemy's stronghold. By the time you believe this lie, the lies of the enemy, your life is on a pause. You believe that nothing will get better. Your marriage, your kids, or any area of your life will not change. You become so enslaved. And now you cannot walk in the plan and the purpose of God for your life. You cannot have a positive impact on the world around you. But in the name of Jesus, this morning you are going to receive weapons, keys, to be able to overcome in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. What is the process? What, is the, what, are, what are the steps that he goes through to build the stronghold? One, first, he personally will bring an attack against your mind and your emotion. That's the first step. An attack against your mind and your emotions. Then two, we talk about this. He brings in reinforcement to support the mental and emotional attack with their words and actions. And sometimes this will include people around you. They'll begin to reinforce that negative image. Sometimes it can be uh, an authority figure in your life. Sometimes children's life can be transformed by the words coming through their teachers. 
A teacher can reinforce a child and say that, look, something good can come out of your life. Or if the child is being attacked in a certain direction, the words coming from that authority figure can say, look, you are a useless person. Nothing good is going to come out of your life. You are not going to amount anything. And when the child begins to believe that, that changes the cause of their life. Sometimes it can be your employer. Sometimes it can be, there's some authority figure in your life that he will sometimes come through and reinforce that attack on your mind. I mean, Jesus wanted to go to the cross and even the people around him, Peter yielded unconsciously to the enemy and said, I rebuke you. I'm not going to let you go to the cross. Sometimes there's people around us. So we have to be conscious of that. Three, Sometimes your life experiences begin to fortify the enemy's lies. The experiences that you go through. Sometimes you feel depressed. Sometimes you are so down. You're like, how can I get up out of this circumstance? How can I rise up? So that's another phase. And then four, influential voices can bolster the intensity of the attack. And as you yield to, this, to them saying the same thing out, uh, that you have been, the devil has been speaking internally to your mind. At this point, you are almost at the tipping point. But it's not too late. And then five, the concept of these voices begin to release negative faith in that lie. And then you really begin to believe the lie that has been repeatedly spoken about you and is working in your mind and emotions. Then you begin to believe it. Oh, maybe I'm not good enough. I'll never get married. I'm not handsome enough. I'm not beautiful enough. I'll never get a job. Or whatever the situation might be. But in the name of Jesus, I silence those negative voices in your life in Jesus' name. Amen. Then six, the life begins to transition from the mental realm into the physical and material realm of reality. Now you begin to act it out. That which you have heard internally. That which other people are telling you. The voices, the Bible says that there are so many voices in the world, none of them without significance. And then seven, by this point, the stronghold has been built and an enemy takes you hostage. Like a wicked tyrant, he begins to rule over you and dominate your life. That ungodly thinking of behavior has become so ingrained in your brain that it's now a naturally, seemingly effortless response. So how are we going to overcome? Let's go to the weapons that he has given us. Ephesians chapter 6. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So he says that, stand. We stand. He keeps using those terms. Don't let go. And take the weapons. So let's go. Verse 14. Stand therefore, having gathered your waist with truth. The truth of God's word, when acted upon, 
will nullify every lie of the enemy. Because the word of God is truth. As the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ does draws closer and closer. There are so many voices. There's so much deception out in the world. But the truth of God's word will help us overcome the lies and the deception of the enemy. Get your waste. It starts with that. Get your waste. With truth, my God. Notice what the Bible says in Jesus says in that high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, verse 17. He says, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify them through your word. Your word is truth. We can spend a very long time here. God's word is truth. That is where we have to start. In our assault back on the enemy. You see, we don't have any, we, we, we have the same weapons that Jesus Christ had to overcome the enemy. He came to him, tempting him on that mountain after he had fasted and prayed. And several times he responded and said, it is written. It is written. So when the devil comes to you with that line that tells you that you are not good, you are no good, you respond back with the truth of God's word that says that you are created in the image and the likeness of God. You respond back with the truth of God's word that God has a good plan and a good purpose for your life. You respond back and you say to the enemy, oh, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Ah, my father loves me in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, even in John chapter 17, he said that he loves me in the same way that he does Jesus. So you voice of condemnation, you voice of condemnation, get away from here. My father loves me the same way that he does Jesus. So that truth of God's word acted upon gets rid of the lies of the enemy that tells you that you are not good enough. You are precious in God's sight. You respond with Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. For we, that includes you as well, are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's the truth. That's the truth about you. That's the truth about the word of God. That's the truth about your life. When you respond with that truth, the enemy will not be able to withstand in the mighty name of Jesus. That will be the end of that. When he comes to you with fear, you look at all that is going on in the world and you are tempted to fear. You are tempted to withdraw from life. You are tempted to not move forward. Respond with 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. For God 
has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. We are back to the mind again. So God has given you a sound mind. The enemy is the one trying to depress you and put you in fear. So a sound mind is yours. Like that king Ben-Hadda. He said, these things are yours, but I'm coming to take it away from you. He said, no, 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 no. A sound mind belongs to me, and I'm not going to allow you to take that sound mind away from me. Fear is not mine. Get out of here. I refuse to fear. Respond with the truth of God's word. And sometimes you have believed the lie of God's word for a very long time. You believe that God doesn't love you. You believe that your things will not turn around. It's become such a stronghold in your mind. But with God's word, you can repel that in Jesus' mighty name. Let's go a step further. He says, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. My God. That's deep. The breastplate of righteousness. You see, this whole armor, if you study it very carefully, it's like the Roman soldier's armor, it's meant to cover you all around. And he says, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. But you see, if you're not conscious of your righteousness, then you will not be bold. If you are not conscious of your righteousness, then you will, you, 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 you see, when Adam and Eve sinned, when God was coming, they were afraid to stand in the presence of God. They ran away. They said, where are you? And so many times, we are trying to run away from the presence of God. But righteousness gives us a sense of boldness. Righteousness gives us a sense of boldness to approach God. The righteous are as bold as a lion, the Bible says. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 1. The wicked flee when no one flees, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. The lion is sometimes called the king of the jungle. It doesn't run away from any animal. When it's in its space and in its domain, very bold. So he says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. Righteousness. Gives us a sense of boldness in the presence of the enemy and his works. The lion doesn't turn back for any other animal. No, 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 no. Very bold. And I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that with this sense of righteousness, may we be bold in the presence. Of God. That boldness gives us access into the presence of God. 
And then it also gives us boldness in the presence of the enemy. Proverbs chapter 30 verse 30. The lion which is strongest among beasts and turns not away for any. Proverbs 30 30. So we need to put on this breastplate of righteousness that gives us boldness. Oh, you stand your ground and you say in the name of the Lord Jesus. Ah, my, 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 my. You are not taking what belongs to me away from me. Health belongs to me. The blessing is mine. All these things are mine. But I will not let you take it away from me. The lion, which is strongest among beasts, and turns not away for any. What are you running away from? <laughs> In the name of Jesus, this morning you are receiving confidence and boldness. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. He says that. Let us come therefore boldly to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy. And find grace to help. In time of need. So this boldness. This righteousness gives us boldness in the presence of God. And in the presence of the enemy. Put on this breastplate of righteousness. Don't let it leave you. Thank you Lord Jesus. Let's go a step further. This is all available to us. But like David, if we don't take it and use it, the giants will continue to defy us. And take, verse 17, Ephesians 6, 17, and take the helmet of salvation. Verse 15, it says, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel. With the preparation of the gospel. You are always ready to share the gospel of peace. You have peace in your heart. If you don't have peace in your heart, he, again, he tells you what to do. Peace. It's ours. A peace belongs to us. It's one of the things that he has made available to us. The fruit of the spirit. But you see, peace, you can quickly lose your peace by not focusing on the right thing. Or by having your mind on the wrong thing. So the quickest way to enjoy peace. Is getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse in the world. And the more you focus on the things of the world. The easiest it is to lose your peace. So what are you going to do? This armor, how do you put it on? He says, Isaiah 26 verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind. Notice that mind is here again. That's the, that wherever your mind is, whoever has your mind is controlling you. So he says, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You will keep him in perfect peace because your mind is stayed on the Lord. Where is your mind on? What are you, what are you focusing on these days? So focus on God. Keep your mind on God. Keep your mind on God. I cannot overemphasize that. Keep your mind on God. He will keep him in peace whose mind is stayed on him. Where is your mind? 
Keep it on the Lord. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. It says, if you then, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind. The mind is where the enemy is building the stronghold, where you are losing your peace. Set your mind on things above, not things on not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Set your mind on God. Set your mind on things above. The enemy cannot build a stronghold in your mind if your mind are set on God. If your mind is set on God on the things of God. So the preparation of the gospel of peace. And then be always ready to share this gospel of peace with others. The world is in trouble. We have the answers. The answers are only in Jesus. And we have it to share it with the world. Think of people around you that are distressed, in trouble, don't have peace, cannot sleep at night. When it's nighttime, they wish it's day. When it's day, they wish it's night. No peace. The Bible says there is no peace to the wicked. So let's be ready to share this gospel of peace with others. I see God using you to share this message of peace with others. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 16, Ephesians 16. Above all, the Greek literature says, in front of all. Taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Faith, 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 faith. All of these things work by faith. Taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. When, those, when they shot those arrows, it came with fire on the tip of it. And they used those shells to quench. It weathered them to quench those fiery darts. He comes into your mind, keeps throwing those, like you said, repetitively. He keeps coming, keeps coming, keeps coming. Ha! Ha! But you stand your ground. He said, we stand in the evil day. Take your stand. We stand. It you have, we have to be persistent in these things. It's not going to work automatically. So take your shield of faith. You quench all the fiery darts, no matter what he throws at your mind. Sometimes it, it will come as an initial thought. And when it comes, you think, oh, maybe I thought it's myself. I said, no, 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 this does not line up with the word of God. I refuse to think this way. I'm going to keep my mind on Christ. You believe God to see a miracle, a change that you haven't seen yet. You stand your ground and you say, I acted on the word of God and I thank God that he will come through for me. I see God coming through for you in Jesus' name. 17, and take the helmet of salvation. Again, see how all these things are meant to protect the mind. If the devil comes to you and tells you that you are not saved, that's a sure sign that you are saved. And if you are not saved, you can be sure. You can receive Jesus Christ and be sure. 
your salvation, all that belongs to you on the, the redemption ticket. You begin to think about that. Think about the goodness of God. Think about what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Think about what he went through for you to make, to make whatever he's made available to us. Cover your mind with those thoughts. You see, all these things have been made up. He says, you take, take the helmet yourself. Take responsibility. And take that helmet. And then the sword of the spirit. Now you are going on the offensive. Which is the word of God. Take the word of God and begin to pierce him like Jesus did. And eventually you'll have to leave. He'll leave you alone. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. In 2 Corinthians, he says to them, look, verse 5, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, casting down arguments and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. When you begin to be obey the word of God, you paralyze the works of the enemy in your life. When you begin to walk in obedience to the word of God concerning your finances, concerning every area of your life, you are now on the offensive. You are walking in obedience. You see the similar thing to two churches. You take that sword and you go on the offensive against him. You look and you decide, now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, whatever area of my life is not totally yielded to you, today, in the name of Jesus, I yield this area of my life to you. You may have ceded that ground to the enemy, but you are saying, no. I know I'm supposed to do this. I have the light of God's word in this area, but I'm not walking in the light of God's word. In the name of Jesus, now I will begin to walk in the light of God's word. Now you're on the offensive with the word of God. It comes with a temptation. You say, no, 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 this is not what the Bible says. I am determined to be a doer of the word of God. I am determined to do what God's word says. Sooner or later, he has to leave you. Ah, uh, I see him leaving you in Jesus' mighty name. And that stronghold that he's built, eventually, is being ready to punish all disobedience. When your obedience is fulfilled. Take the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. And like David Swing it and sling it at that giant. And as you throw it at that giant, I see that giant, that mountain coming down in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Glory be to the name of the Lord. And then finally, he gives us that weapon of prayer. All of these weapons are for us to enter into the prayer life. Now that you've put on all these things, you are ready to pray. Ephesians 6 verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. For all the saints. Now you are ready to pray. Oh, never cease praying. You pray. You pray. 
So, so somebody will say, if I know somebody, a, a loved one, who is, has a stronghold of the enemy in their mind, they believe the lie, how can I help them? For one thing, we know that the anointing destroys the yoke. So the first thing to do for yourself, if you have, if you have a struggle in your mind, is, is to come under the influence of the anointing. And as you watch, as you listen, to, so you can go back to this message, listen to the podcast, keep listening to these messages, bring the person into the presence of God. If possible, bring them into the presence of God. As they sit under the anointing of the word of God, their mind gets renewed and the stronghold of the enemy will be destroyed over their lives. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke. Read the word of God. Read anointed books. When you inundate and saturate the mind of a person held captive by lies with the anointed word of God, they will receive progressively, receive the healing for which they long for and which rightfully belongs to them. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. How do you see yourself differently based on what we have learned this morning? How can you walk in the victory that God has purchased for you? For one thing, to walk in victory over the enemy, you must be born again. See, everyone that is a child of God is under the domain of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And anyone that is not a child of God is under the domain of the enemy. So you must be born again. And then two, you must embrace the fear of God as a lifestyle. You have a reverence for God. You have a reverence for the things of God. You endeavor to walk in the light of God's word. And when you do that, the enemy cannot successfully come against you and overcome you. I see you walking in victory in Jesus' mighty name. Maybe you have gone from defeat, one defeat to another, one defeat to another. But in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, today, as you've heard the word of God, I see you going free. Maybe you are bound by worry. You worry a lot. <laughs> worry is believing the lies of the enemy as well. You worry and worry and worry and worry and worry and worry. What am I going to eat? What's going to happen to my family? What's going to happen to my nation? What's going to happen to this? And you worry and the worry doesn't end. <laughs> but Jesus has a cure for that. Thank God that the cure, there's a word cure for every situation. So, you go to the Bible again. We have to go back to the Bible. Jesus said, which of you, by worrying, Matthew chapter 6, verse, 35, verse 25 to 34. You cannot change anything by worry. <laughs> I don't know if you have figured that out or not. But sooner or later you will. <laughs> sooner or later you, you will figure it out. You can worry and 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 worry. But it won't change anything. But you can get to your place. Matthew 6.25, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. 
what you eat, what you drink, about your body, what you put, put on. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Oh, look at this. This will kill the worry. Look at the beds of the air, verse 26. For they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns. Your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? You have more value than the lilies of the field. You have more value than the birds of the air. Your father will take care of you. I said your father will take care of you. When it gets to verse 33, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be added to you. When you sling those verses against the enemy, I see him living you. I see worry living your life. Oh my God. Oh my God. Pastor, what's going to happen to my family? Pastor, what's going to happen to our nation? Pastor, what's going to happen to the nations of the world? You can worry and worry, but it won't change anything. But instead, we're back to the same place again. You focus your mind and your thoughts on God. You stand your ground. Fear. There's a cure. Word cure. Condemnation. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 to 2. There is therefore now no condemnation. Jesus does not condemn you. No matter your past, he's willing to give you a new beginning. Fear is a cure. Maybe you are bound by nightmares. You wrestle in your sleep. Uh, before you go to sleep, you, talk, you take the scriptures uh, and go to bed on the scriptures. For he gives his beloved sleep. One thing, don't watch a horror movie before you sleep. Then those creatures come, come after you. <laughs> ah, but in the name of Jesus, those nightmares, those evil visitations, come to an end in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Begin to take those weapons. And as you use those weapons, I see those giants slain in the mighty name of Jesus. As you use those weapons, I see those mountains moved out of your way in the name of Jesus. I've poked him so many times. <laughs> you can do the same. You can do this. He says he left Jesus for a season. Thank God we are created in the image and the likeness of God. And as we yield to him, thank God our lives Another same in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. My God, my God. Let's thank God for his word. 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 We have to be persistent in these things. We trust this podcast was a blessing. Subscribe for more messages like these. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, we would love to hear from you. Email us at info at wordmissionchurchinternational.org. We will love to equip you in daily walk, so sign up for devotionals and encouragement at www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org. You may reach us at 719-235-5535.